0: Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code MAYFLOWERS, one word, to receive your discount. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code MAYFLOWERS. Thank you for your support. It's May 26, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Kottnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. The New York Times reports that top White House officials and Republican lawmakers were closing in Thursday on a deal that would raise the debt limit for 2 years while imposing strict caps on discretionary spending not related to the military or veterans for the same period. Officials were racing to cement an agreement in time to avert a federal default that is projected in just 1 week. The deal taking shape would allow Republicans to say they were reducing some federal spending, even as spending on military and veterans programs would continue to grow, and allow Democrats to say they had spared most domestic programs from significant cuts. Negotiators from both sides were talking into the evening and beginning to draft legislative text, though some details remained in flux. The compromise, if it can be agreed upon and enacted, Would raise the government's borrowing limit for two years past the 2024 election, according to three people familiar with it who insisted on anonymity to discuss a plan that was still being hammered out. According to the BBC, at least one person has been killed and 15 injured, including two children, in a missile strike on a medical clinic in Dnepro in eastern Ukraine. The Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky confirmed the attack and said authorities were working to rescue others from the hospital. He said all necessary authorities were involved in the cleanup mission. Mr. Zelensky posted a video of the damaged clinic building that showed firefighters at the scene and smoke billowing from the building. Ukrainian authorities said they shot down 17 missiles and 31 drones launched from Russia overnight. Several drones and missiles hit targets in Dnepro and the eastern city of Kharkiv including an oil depot. Ukraine's capital, Kiev, was also targeted, and officials said fragments of intercepted drones fell on the roof of a shopping center while a house and several cars were damaged. Russia has intensified its attacks on Ukraine in recent weeks, targeting its infrastructure facilities ahead of an expected Ukrainian counteroffensive. The Straits Times reports that U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo and Chinese Commerce Minister Wang Wentao traded barbs on trade, investment, and export policies in talks on Thursday described by Ms. Raimondo's office as candid and substantive. Their meeting in Washington was the first U.S.-China cabinet-level exchange in months after a string of trade and national security irritants derailed plans for a re-engagement between the two world's largest economies. Secretary Raimondo raised concerns about the recent spate of People's Republic of China actions against U.S. companies operating in the PRC. Mr. Wang raised key concerns about U.S. policies toward China, including on semiconductors, export controls, and reviews of foreign investments, a Chinese Commerce Ministry statement said. Both sides agreed to establish and maintain open communication channels, with Miss Raimondo's office saying that would help responsibly manage the relationship. Elsewhere, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan will face opposition candidate Kemal Kilik in the key presidential election runoff on Sunday. Erdogan, who has ruled the country for more than 20 years, is favored to win for five more years after he marginally missed victory in the first polls on May 14th. The election agenda has visibly moved from the crisis hit Turkish economy and relief from the February earthquakes that killed tens of thousands of people to topics such as terrorism and the fate of refugees in the country. The incumbent president received 49.5% of the votes, while Kilik Daroglu scored 44.8% in the first run. A third candidate, Sinan Owan, who is an unfamiliar figure to the Turkish public, took 5.2% with the support of an ultra-nationalist alliance. Owen has since pledged his support for Erdogan. Visit the link in the show notes for Al Jazeera's coverage of the election and a good explainer of the two candidates' policies and promises. Reuters reports that more than 13,000 people were denied a vote in English local elections this month because of the government's new identification law, with those in poorer areas most impacted, according to a Reuters survey of local authorities. Voters in England were legally required to produce photo ID for the first time at the May 4th elections, with the government saying it was essential to combat election fraud. But the overhaul was criticized by many opposition politicians and campaigners, who said it was intended to suppress turnout and was disproportionate to the historically low levels of in-person electoral fraud in Britain. Reuters' findings showed 33,509 people were initially denied a ballot paper at polling stations because they did not have the required ID. Of those, more than 20,000 later returned with the correct ID, and 13,085 did not. According to the AP, about 10% of people appear to suffer from long COVID after an Omicron infection a lower estimate than earlier in the pandemic, according to a study of nearly 10,000 Americans that aims to help unravel the mysterious condition. Early findings from the National Institutes of Health study highlight a dozen symptoms that mostly distinguish long COVID, the catch-all term for the sometimes debilitating health problems that can last for months or years, even after a mild case of COVID-19. The new research published Thursday in the Journal of the American Medical Association, includes more than 8,600 adults who had COVID-19 at different points in the pandemic, comparing them to another 1,100 who hadn't been infected. The new study zeroed in on a dozen symptoms that may help define long COVID. Fatigue, brain fog, dizziness, gastrointestinal symptoms, heart palpitations, sexual problems, Loss of smell or taste, thirst, chronic cough, chest pain, worsening symptoms after activity, and abnormal movements. In lighter news from the UPI, authorities in South Carolina are investigating the cause of a mysterious boom that woke residents and shook homes in multiple cities, and officials said they do not believe an earthquake was involved. Residents in the Lowcountry area of the state reported the loud noise about 8.40 a.m. Tuesday, and at least one resident managed to capture the boom on a doorbell camera in Mount Pleasant. Getting several questions about a large boom in the Charleston area earlier this morning, emergency management officials tweeted, We have no reports of any earthquake at this time. We're working to determine the source. The U.S. Geological Survey confirmed no earthquake activity was detected and NASA officials said no spacecraft were due to re-enter the atmosphere at the time of the sound. Some residents postulated the boom may have been the result of military training exercises by the U.S. Coast Guard, but a Coast Guard spokesman said officials were unable to find a link between the exercise and the boom heard Tuesday. If you have a strange but true story you'd like to share, please email us at podcasts at com. The story should come from a reputable news source and be verifiable. If we use this story, we'll include a shout-out to the person who sent it. That's all the news I have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at the DSRnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in depth analysis of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Have a happy and healthy Memorial Day weekend, and we'll see you again on Tuesday.